Welcome to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We believe that every person has a unique message which can positively impact the world. Now, on this podcast, your host, veteran radio personality Jennifer Longworth, encourages entrepreneurs to share not only their expertise, but their stories and their hearts. You're going to love this show. You're going to hear real stories from real people on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. So let's go. It's just very broad reaching how credit can impact the business. So go back before we started this company, it's kind of crazy. There was nowhere to go to problem solve. So I just got way more passionate about, I want to change the outcome. It's not about just solving the pain in the moment. I want to solve the underlying problem, which is to help them understand the data that's leading to this high cost loan being their only option. This is Jennifer Longworth. Today's thoughtful entrepreneur is Levi King, co-founder and CEO of NAV.com, a venture-backed company that helps small business owners get more funding and lower their costs. Raised on a farm in rural Idaho, King is a self-taught serial entrepreneur who has started businesses in manufacturing, franchising, and retail financing space. During this time, he had to work to overcome the same issues faced by most small business owners, access to capital, financing, and marketplace credibility. After getting a handle on how business credit works, Levi was able to get business loans and financing more than 30 times. Prior to starting NAV, he co-founded Lindio, a business financing marketplace that links commercial lenders and small business owners. While there, Levi saw too many applicants getting denied for financing or only getting approved for financing they couldn't afford. He realized someone needed to help business owners become better qualified applicants, which led him to start NAV. Levi's columns appear regularly in publications such as Inc., Entrepreneur, and Biz Journals. Welcome to the show, Levi. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have the chat. Now, I hear that you're an entrepreneur and have been so for a while. So tell me a little bit about your current company and how you ended up being with NAV. NAV is a place where small business owners go to access their personal and business credit, as well as financing options. So we help them understand their data. And so they can improve it, track it, monitor it, and take advantage of it over time uh, to make their business better. From what you're saying about serving small businesses and small business credit makes me think that this came from a previous experience that you may have had that went, hey, you know what, it'd be great if there was a service like this. Am I on the right track here? Indeed. Yeah. So I was, I left college to start a manufacturing company. We manufactured electric signs, awnings, and neon. Most of our customers were small businesses, and it was very difficult. There's lots of stories there on getting to that, that point, making that company successful. But I got it to about $3 million in revenues and sold it and was still pretty young at the time. And then that was the first of five small businesses that I started through my 20s in different industry verticals. So I owned a hotel, franchises in the restaurant industry owned a financial services business uh, for people to speak Spanish with retail locations, um, and then uh, outsource sales and marketing company. So just a very, it's not normal for a small business owner to jump industries like that. And they were, they were all successful. They were all very hard, but they're all successful. And so that gave me like a real serious bath in how small business works. What are the challenges? And it was so difficult to understand credit and financing. That was always, for me, was the most difficult thing to figure out, but it was so critical to my businesses being successful. So just that frustration of not having a place to go and a resource to be able to tap into to, to problem solve around credit and financing as a small business owner is what led to the start of this business. Give me an example of what type of issues come up when it comes to credit and financing. What was something you experienced? 
as a small business owner? So there, there's many. So I'll start with one that's more obvious, which is I need a loan. So I, I when I was a manufacturer, I would get 50% down on a job. Then I have to manufacture it. I have to install it. I have to invoice it. I'm going to wait to get paid 30 to 90 days. So there's this stretch in the middle where I've got to put money into the job. So I'm almost a lender to the customer because I'm going in doing 50% and my profit margin was like 10 to 15. So that 35 to 40%, I had to invest. So on a big job, if I was bidding a job that was a quarter million dollar job, I was going to have to come out of pocket and float 60 to $70,000 of that job till I got paid. And Mm -hmm. I didn't have 60 to 70,000. So I would have to get a loan. My credit at first wasn't good enough. So I looked too risky based on my business's credit uh, to, to qualify. That's the more obvious one is it impacts your ability to get loans, business credit cards, things like that. What's less obvious to people is that I couldn't get credit with suppliers. So I had to get money to pay my steel supplier, my plastic supplier, my sign supplier, or I could just get credit with them. And so I couldn't get a loan, buy from them, and I couldn't get credit with them because I didn't have any credit when I first started out. Eventually I did, and they gave me bigger and bigger credit limits. That's a little less obvious to people that that there's actually way more credit available to small businesses that are business to business, like credit line with Home Depot, credit line with uh, Lowe's than there is mm-hmm. with, with directly with banks and alternative lenders. But there's other ways too. Like one time I applied for a merchant processing account with US Bank, which is where I banked, and I was turned down. And I got this letter in the mail that said it was based on my, my credit report. And at the time, I didn't know that Equifax and Experian had a business credit bureau. I just knew about Dun & Bradstreet. And so I get this letter that said, I can't remember if it was Equifax or Experian. And I'm like, my personal credit is perfect. Like, and so I raised hell with US Bank. I finally got to the underwriter who was like, obvious they never t- actually talked to customers. Like they're in customer facing. <laughs> like, I know my personal credit is perfect. And then finally they're like, oh, no, silly. You know, they treat me like I'm a kid. Like, it's your business credit. I'm like, what? Equifax, Experian, whichever one it was, they, there's such a thing as they have a business bureau too. And so, they didn't have, have anything to do with lending. I couldn't get a merchant processing account. And when I got my report, I found errors in there. And I could see why I was turned down. And I disputed those and it got fixed. And then I got my U.S. bank merchant processing account. So it's just business credit can impact you on the cost of your insurance. Uh, if you want to do business with the government or a Fortune 1000 company, uh, and when I say government, local, state, federal, if you want to win contracts, you have to have a minimum credit score of usually it's uh, the paid X 80. Um, some of them will accept Experian and Telescore and it's 70. It's just very broad reaching how credit can impact the business. So you go back before we started this company, it's kind of crazy. There was nowhere to go to problem solve. And now that's, of course, what we've been trying to accomplish for the last six years. So do people come to you and go, help, help, help? I don't know what's going on. Or do they come to you before they're starting a business or kind of in between? Or how do you serve people? All the above. So we have native integrations with the credit bureaus, which means the software that our customers experience is 100% built by us. But we use that data from the diff- our different feeds with the credit bureaus. So if you're a small business owner, whether you're starting out and you haven't even picked a business name, or you've got a full-service restaurant and 10 years of business, you're going to go through a sign-up flow where we authenticate your, your personal identity so that we can show you your personal credit as a business owner. Then you're going to validate the business credit, attach your business checking account, and then we're just going to model all of that data in a really simple way to understand. And so if you're a startup, there's not going to be business credit. So you're going to have a different user experience that will prompt you to get established, register for a Dunn's number with Dun & Bradstreet, blah, blah, blah. Whereas if you, that's established, instead, you're going to get tips on how to improve the data. 
And so the software is dynamic that wraps around the data, the content or advice in the software is dynamic based on the data, and then the communication externally, push notifications, emails, texts, those are all dynamic based on the data as well. So because it's dynamic like that, and it wraps itself around the data, it doesn't matter if you're a startup, stage of life, industry, none of that matters. The product works for you and your situation. Now, did you have experience with big data other than being a small business owner, or is this something you knew had to happen, so you jumped into it? I'm like insanely curious and unwilling to hear no and or, or bullshit answers. So I, I did learn a ton of this as a small business owner, just by like the example with calling and demanding to talk to an underwriter who declined my merchant processing application. As a small business owner, I was probably best in class in understanding how it all worked. Then I start the, the company prior to this one is called Lendio, which was my first company that I raised venture capital for. It's a loan broker marketplace. So I went from being a small business owner. I got like 30 different commercial loans over time, SBA loans. So once I figured it out, I was successful in getting financing. Mm -hmm. I I knew the gamut. So then I started this, co-founded this company with the hopes to just sort out options for small business owners. So they would know like, you know, here's a lender you've never heard of and it's in a different state and you can't find it, but you're qualified and they want to give you a loan. And so that business is now later stage. It's doing well, but it's, I was still unsatisfied with the problem we were solving because, uh, you know, like, let's say you're, you're a consumer, you're not a small business owner, cash is tight, you can go get a payday loan, but then you've got to pay back. And then that kind of puts you in a pinch again. So a lot of people get stuck in this cycle of reborrowing bad money. And right. the same thing happens to businesses. So something's off in their credit. They don't understand it. They don't know what it is. They take this expensive loan and then they get in this cycle of reborrowing. So it's, that business model, we get paid usually for three loans, not one on average, because they, on average, people would take the loan three times. So I just got way more passionate about, I want to change the outcome for them. Isn't it, a, it? It's not about just solving the pain in the moment. I want to solve the underlying problem, which is to help them understand the data that's leading to this high cost loan being their only option. And my business partner is an attorney and, my, and at Lendio, we were referring him thousands of small business owners that wanted help because there was no tool to go use. So he and I, kind of came together on this idea of, hey, why don't we why don't we build something that solves all these problems for them? So where does the name Knob come up? We actually, when we started the business, it was called Creditera, which was a decision we made well, before we ever went live or anything. We had to integrate with credit bureaus, meet a lot of security compliance requirements. And we got to the point in the process where we actually had to have a domain to get approved. And so you'd think this was the first business we ever started because this is a really dumb story. But they were like, hey, we got two hours and a thousand bucks. We'll put into this. And we were bootstrapped. We hadn't raised money yet for venture capitalists coming out of our pocket. And so we're like, went through all these. We're like, credit tarot. Oh, it's the arrow of credit. Like, that's kind of cool. Well, it turns out no one could spell it, pronounce it. Like, it, it was a terrible brand to try to build against. And rebranding's tough. So we talked about, should we change the name? But we, there's always a zillion other priorities. And then there's a, a small business credit bureau called Corterra that threatened to sue the patent office to invalidate our trademark. And so we had a trademark. Uh, we talked to legal counsel, like my, my business partner's an attorney, but that's not his area of expertise. And the, the person was like, yeah, you're going to lose. So I just, I knew the CEO of that bureau. So I just reached out and said, hey, like, can you lay off? Like, we'll, we'll do this willingly, but I don't want to rush the decision because... That's how I got in this, was rushing it last time. 
So then, and he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll total professional, great guy. He's like, yeah, no problem. We'll, we'll lay off, you know? So we like signed in a, a quick agreement. that was like, you know, give us six months and we'll just let it go away. And, and we didn't do anything wrong, right? It was the trademark office never should have given us the trademark. So then we went on this search, like, let's get a brand that plays well with small business, right? So you can't have like some cheeky name, you know, that some plumbers going to be like, who are these guys? Like, okay, you know, that doesn't make sense. It's got to communicate trust because people are going to, they're, they're giving us their social security number and banking credentials, right? It's got to, it's got to play well in the tech world. It's got to play well in the government circles and it's got to play well in nonprofit circles and just the fintech ecosystem in general and with financial institutions. So it's kind of a tough branding challenge, right? Like how do you sound interesting to tech and venture capitalists and also to senior executives at American Express and also someone at that small business administration? So we, we took months. I mean, we, we just went round after round. We hired a, na- a naming expert. Oh, there's a thing. Yeah, it, and it didn't work. We went through tons of names and some of them were just crazy, like Argyle Crocodile. That's a what? For, for your business? Yeah. Yes. Credit box. Sense. <laughs> so we did two rounds with Sam. I think we paid him five grand each time. So we spent 10 grand on a naming expert. And this was after we'd raised like 6 million. So we had some capital, but uh-huh. we, you know, it still seemed crazy. Sounds like I'm in the wrong business. I need to be a naming expert and come up with things yeah. like Argyle Crocodile for a small business finance company. Cause that's perfect. What? <laughs> so the president of our company got fed up with me and my business partner. He's like, listen, ultimately the brand is a reflection of the founders and you two need to decide this. So you go away, you go somewhere and you solve this problem. So we flew to Santa Monica, rented an Airbnb. It was like, we had like three or four days and we just went through thousands of names, narrowed it down to 10 and then called advisors. Like, you know, I know the co-founder of web.com, and he owns like 10,000 domain names. So he's someone, multiple successful companies. And every single one was like nav.com. He's like, you think you can get that? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, if you, I told him I thought I could get it for under a hundred thousand dollars. And he's like, if you can and you don't tell me and I'll buy that thing. And so I hustled and I called the, the lady who owned it. This is a true story. Like this is, it's like crazy. I called her. She was like, I'm guessing like in her 60s. She's like first generation immigrant from, I think, Italy or something. And she's like, look, I'll just cut to the chase. My my husband started a small business. She actually used that description in 1994 called Navigator Communications. And he registered this domain. He died a couple of years ago. I had to wind down the business operations. And I'm waiting to sell this to someone. I get, <laughs> I get like choked up when I tell this story. Um, that will honor his small business legacy. It's, she didn't know anything about me at this point. She just thinks I'm, she's later to find out like domain brokers are always trying to get her to, to sell it to them so they can resell it or whatever. I was like, Oh, well, are you, do you have a computer nearby? Can you visit our website? She's like, sure. So she goes to creditera.com. Like our vision is to materially decrease the death rate of small business. Like it doesn't get more noble than that in our opinion. So I walked her through it. And I, in my board, we'd approved a $25,000 budget, but this was like clearly worth more than that. And so she's like, uh, you know, what's your, and I told her, I'm like, you can go search this. We raised $6 million because I reached out to on some other domains and people would 
Google and they'd see, oh, they have six million. They'd be like, I want four million for my domain. Like that isn't you don't raise venture capital and then spend it all on a domain. Like it, it was just silly. So I had to kind of cut to the chase with her, and I and she's like, well, what what's your budget? And I I lied. I said a hundred thousand. So I, I like lied in a good way because in my head I was like, okay, the board approved twenty five, but I will pay for it out of my pocket. The other twenty seventy five to get this brand. One syllable. What's what's uh, implicit is navigation. So we, right. we don't really word, but we help. That's like the whole point is to help you navigate your business successfully over the life of the business. And so I said a hundred thousand is my budget, and she said, how about ninety thousand? I said done. And it was so good to be true that like. I almost couldn't believe it. We, she was nervous too. So we went through a domain uh, like a trust uh, escrow.com. And I was like, and we kept it quiet in the company. There's only a few people that knew. And then, knew that you spent that much? Yeah. So we spent 90000 and, uh-huh. and bought it. And then only a few people in the company knew. So then at our all hands company meeting, we I kind of walked through the story which is like super cool because now it like has extra meaning that a small business owner made it possible for us to have this a one syllable three digit domain 25 years after the internet launched or whatever the number is. And so it's kind of there's like emotional attachment to the brand inside of our company. And, and it plays well in all those circles. It plays well in tech, government, doesn't matter where we're at. It, it's, and with our, most importantly, with our customers. Easy to spell, easy to remember. So. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of a cool part of our story is, and uh, I I was like so grateful to the lady. I said, "Hey, can, can we give you like an honorary spot on our team page?" She's like, "No, I don't want any attention." So, oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, you don't find. I just bought a donate main name yesterday, actually, and my name, the one I wanted, was taken. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm not to the position where I really want to go out and buy it quite yet. But it sounds like if I found the right thing that really resonated, it's worth it because you guys nap. That makes sense because the first thing I think is navigation. And then let's find out what to do. So I was on target because if you'd said something other than navigation, I would have been like really surprised. And this was an acronym for something. So <laughs> so what do you love most about doing this? What do you love most about NAV? And And I can tell you have a passion for small business, obviously, because you've been in it a lot and you've got the entrepreneurial spirit so what is it you like best about helping these small businesses that come to you just to to be the difference maker like it's so emotional to be a small business owner like take someone who just cares about their job but they're that they work for a company and ratchet that up by like 10x the, the emotions that you go through and so to be associated with like all all our product ever does is bring you satisfaction it could be that you're you got a lot of problems but now you have the satisfaction of knowing what they are and and that you can do something about it or it could be that your credit's awesome and now you have the satisfaction of having confidence in that and that you can get a business credit card or whatever whatever you want so there's not a lot of things that small business owners buy that or in our core products free but use that you can say exclusively this brings them satisfaction that's the only thing this brings like what about accounting software? It's a necessary evil, but who loves QuickBooks? No one loves. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> or even your mobile phone. Like, how many times have you been having an important call and you keep you like it drops? You know, you didn't get signal. You want to just throw that thing through the window. Right? Like almost nothing we use is only ever provides satisfaction. And so for us, that's all it provides. It's either, like I said, it, it can be bad news. 
But with a bad news coupled with an explanation and what to do next, entrepreneurs, they're tough. They can handle that. Like in my last company, Lendio, that's what sucked is we're either saying you're not qualified for anything or you have this expensive offer, but we couldn't give them any answers on why that are very thorough. And we definitely couldn't point them in the right direction easily. We had to refer them to an attorney to help solve problems. So I think that's what I like most is that like that we have a product that only ever delights. And that's kind of cool. Yeah. You asked the more broadly what I love about the business and what we do. That's kind of my first passion. But almost equal to it is seeing people at NAV thrive in their careers. I, I just love people development and ambitious people, gaining skills, making it to the next level, um, solving hard problems. There's so much human satisfaction, like in, intrinsic satisfaction that we like good humans have that like we want to make a difference. And I, I just love that part about our business. I love my employees. I tell them that it's so cheesy, but I tell them, I love you. Love you all. Well, they need to hear it. You know, as, as a employee of various companies, you don't always hear that you're appreciated. So I'm sure it makes a difference to them. So Levi, what advice do you have for the thoughtful entrepreneur who is listening? Advice is dynamic. So anything I have to say is going to be right for some people and wrong for some people. The, the list of things, the bad advice is actually super small. Like it's a bad advice to say, I think you should be a dishonest entrepreneur, right? Like yeah, that's just bad, bad advice. advice. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a really short list of things that are for sure only ever bad. I'll give you my, my favorite piece of advice that is, it, I've, I've never heard anyone else say it. So I think it's original with me, but uh, it's to be, as an entrepreneur, to be authentic to the point of consistent vulnerability. It's, it's so difficult because you have to pretend in so many ways as an entrepreneur. Like you, when I first started my first company, I was, I'm an introvert. So it scared me to death to sell, but that couldn't be visible to my customer. Right. Um, but it actually can help to, to let the customer know, like, I'm really nervous. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to win this job and someone else is because then that like endears them to, to me or I just know we're not a match or whatever. So there, so to be authentic to the point of consistent vulnerability requires you to grow like crazy because then people are going to know what are your, your weaknesses. You can't hide them. And, but it also lets you choose what you're not going to be good at and be transparent about that, which then gives you permission to fail in certain ways with the people that you care about and work with you. It also removes a huge psychological tax. So that you pay as a, as a small business owner or entrepreneur, any part about you that you have to mask and pretend is a piece of psychological and emotional energy that you cannot put back into the business. And you've got to put everything into the business if you're going to have any chance of success. And so, so that's, there's a, those are kind of the big bullet points on why, but that's my, the, my, my advice. Like it, that wasn't natural to me. I had to discover that and become authentic in all ways. And it was a long, painful and hard process, but it led to me being the happiest I'd ever been in my life up to that point. There's just no burdens on my back. Like I am who I am. Here's the things I'm good at. Here's the things I'm not, and I'm not going to work on them because I'm not wired for them. Um, so, that's that's my thoughtful advice. Well, thank you. So nav.com and av.com, pretty simple. That's the best way to reach out and find you, right? Oh. Well, thank you so much, Levi, for joining us today. Thanks for sharing your story. You bet. Thanks again for having me. It's a uh, great conversation. 
Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. If you are a thoughtful entrepreneur who would like to be a media celebrity and be on our show, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest and attend my next live webinar where I'll reveal how to get more respect from influencers and media so that you can get more sales and traffic. Now, please do us a favor. If you like the guest that was just interviewed, would you share this episode on social media? And in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill our mission to help create more media celebrities. Make sure to hit subscribe, binge listen to our previous episodes, and we'll send you the next episode automatically. Thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Revolution.